Well, hey, everybody. Welcome, Daniel. Season three already. Yeah, I can't believe it. This is amazing. Third time's a charm. And you know, the set we chose, if you're just hearing this, uh, I'm sorry, because uh, if you're seeing this, we're we're here in a church building that was built in 1906. Yep. Yeah, it's an old one. I just like it. Yeah, it's a cool place. I like that we're doing something new with technology mm -hmm. in an old setting and just to think through the ways that God has used this place. Yeah. So it was well, a movie set at one point or a TV show. Oh yeah. yeah TV Patty show. Duke was like filming like a, a, she was a woman pastor or something and it didn't last very long. I don't even know if you could find it online, but this is where they filmed it. Oh wow. There you go. Well, beautiful. Yeah. And uh, so welcome to season three, everybody. So glad that you're with us. Uh, if you're new, we welcome you. I want to just actually start with season three by introducing to you in a deeper way, my friend here, Daniel. Hunt. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Look at that beard, folks. I know it's it's hard to tame sometimes, <laughs> but I mean, no, it's easy. You just yeah, you take clippers and you cut it. Is it, that how you do it? I, I have know. a friend that gets mad at me for not growing. I have a few friends actually I yeah. live in North Idaho. Yeah. They get mad at me for not growing a beard. I like your kind of stubble look. Thank though. you. It's, I I do too. Yeah. People people get mad at me though. And no, it's cool. One friend says, "I'm not a woman nor a child, so why would I not have hair on my face?" <laughs> that's a great yeah. That's really I good. guess so. So anyway, I wanna I wanna take a, an episode and ask Daniel some questions. Yeah, let's do it. Because number one, I want you guys to hear about who he is and his life, but probably more importantly, and we'll do this with me next episode is what can spur other people on and encourage them in their faith journey through your story? Yeah, so, for sure. My first question for you is, uh, when did you actually come to know Jesus in a real way? And yeah. so that, so I don't know, like, did you grow up in church or not? Yeah. And maybe you knew, so anyway, yeah. let's start there. How, when and how did you come to know Jesus yeah. in a real way? Yeah. So I grew up in the church. So, uh, I was, um, assembly of God. That's the denomination that I grew up in. It's kind of like a Holy Roller denomination. What do you and mean by holy roller? Holy roller, like uh, really practiced in the gifts, like speaking in tongues. Like, okay. like I grew up in a church where they had like, they put like anointing oil on their hands and you'd run through a tunnel, like of people holding their hands, like spirit fingers. I was a child what? for the record. Oh yeah. No, it was a full on like, you know, like when the Brownsville revival happened in Florida, if you're not part of the church, it was a huge revival that took place in Brownsville, Florida. Like we had a guy at our church and this is not meant to tease anyone, but when I was a teenager, I thought, found it very funny. They had this big ram's horn called a shofar yeah, yeah. and they would blow it. And it sort of became like, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Is what it sounds yeah. like. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good not bad. Yeah. I grew up with it. But anyway. Um, hang on, hang on. I think I hear a horn. Yeah. Never mind. It's so far away. I can't hear it. Oh no. Oh, I oh, got it. Me. I had to. I that had, was rough. I, made, I love it. No, I made that joke up. Yeah. I was at a conference that had shofars and I made the joke up and. That's pretty good. You made it up. I'll yeah, give it to you. So that's a dad joke. So but but shofars are actually biblical. They are biblical right. for sure. And so yeah. like with all movements in the church, like they used it in Brownsville, like we're going to, we bought this shofar. I remember the pastor at the church at the time was like, we bought this shofar in Brownsville. It came from Israel, was anointed there and here. And then we <laughs> prayed over and anointed it here as if you can imbue these objects with like extra power, you know? Right. And so for like a good season of time at our church, like everything could be solved with the shofar. That person needs healing. Bring them up. Let's blow the shofar on them. <laughs> did, did they like oh, blow they the, blow did them. they blow the shofar oh, yeah. on their face? Oh yeah. No, it was, it was like, like the hair and the wind. <laughs> and the guy who blew it, his name was Rich and he get these huge red <laughs> cheeks and 
and he was like kind of a like stocky guy. He was awesome, but they like bring him up, Rich, come up here. They bring him up, you know, and they're like, and like you're getting air shot in your face and slobber, and they're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm like, as a teenager, I would like never invite my friends because I'm like, dude, they're gonna blow the shofar at someone's face, like so, you know, your marriage in trouble. Uh, blow the shofar on him. He's the head of the home. Like blow it on him, then blow it on her. Was it always the kids. same guy that? blew the show always far? yeah he like, was the well, special we had a backup guy he was the anointed show far guy we had a uh backup guy blow at one time but it like didn't go well <laughs> it was like that's yeah, not there's no power in that so i grew up in church where it was like like you know it's like uh I remember this one time they like had this anointing oil and it smelled like frankincense and myrrh. Oh yeah, which no, at the time that, I yeah. had no idea. What it's that not just was. olive oil; it's oh, the real biblical. Hundred percent, yeah. it was just olive oil. It might have even been vegetable oil. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but they told me. I remember I was thirteen. They're like, we prayed over it. This started as regular oil. They told me this, like the the small group leader. So not like official staff or anything, but we prayed over this and now it smells like this. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? That's amazing. And so I'm like a little guy, totally like the Lord can do anything yeah. and he can, but I'm at home like praying over all these things of olive oil, trying to make it smell like that for weeks. No way. Bro. So sincere. Just like they Aww, told me, this is like faith. how, you know, yeah, yeah. Faith of a child, child. <laughs> a 13 year old child. Yeah. <laughs> And then, I, of course, I felt so foolish, you know, and that actually started kind of a crisis of faith for me a little bit. Through, that specific thing. Yeah, that specific thing. Well, you got to back up, though, okay, so, because, up. because so I grew up in the church. You grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you went to church every week. Oh, three times a week. Easy. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Sunday, Sunday morning, morning with the family, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday night for Bible study and Wednesday for like, okay. youth, and then Thursday nights for um, Royal Rangers, which is like oh, a more I... conservative Christian version of the Boy Scouts. I did Royal Rangers too. Oh, yeah. Did you build those little cars? Oh, bro. I won the Pinewood Derby yeah. two times. Come and on, my grandma go. soaked the axles in, uh, in anointing oil. oil. <laughs> no way. Did that happen for you too? <laughs> oh, no. She <laughs> legit did. My grandma, That's she's still alive. Were. She's 91. That's cheating. Uh, maybe. Holy, maybe, no, it's maybe holy not. roller. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, so I grew up like <laughs> holy I roller. Remember, so my uncle was the pastor. That was the name of my car, Holy Roller. <laughs> it was awesome. So my my uncle Leroy um, was the pastor of the church that I grew up in, and um, I where had, was this? This was in Aloha. It's called Aloha Christian Life Center (ACLC). Wait, where? Where? Uh, Aloha, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Okay. Right on one eighty fifth and Walker Road. Okay. So thus far, yeah. we know that you went to church. Oh, yeah. Every all the week, time. All the time. Loved it. Lots of anointing, lots of shofars. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So did you just have faith from a young age or was there a moment, a distinctive moment mm -hmm. that you can remember where you actually started following Jesus? Yeah. So um, so I didn't know, like I, it was all just facts to me because I grew up in it. Like yeah, I never you, even thought You heard about the it. stories. You, you never learned the details. Um. When I was 13 and I started getting the Brownsville revival, I think it was like between 13 and 15, the Brownsville revival was going and I'm like, this is incredible. People are getting healed and all this. Like it's real. It's more than real. But then with one lie, somebody told me one lie, you know, and I believed it. And then I felt so foolish for believing it. That started a journey of me like questioning kind of everything. Was that the oil the, thing? The oil. Yeah. Well, what if it wasn't a lie? Well, I mean, maybe, but I couldn't replicate it. Yeah. Okay. You know, and so then you go. For, let's just say for the benefit for the benefit of the doubt, mm -hmm. the Lord did a miracle with them with olive oil and did yeah. that. But for you as a thirteen year old, that was this moment yeah. where you started questioning. 
Yeah. Because you're like, well, I can't. But it's but, not what, happening for me. It wasn't just that, but yeah, that was a huge part of it. So that was like a private moment between me. Like, like I don't even know if I've shared it with anyone actually. To be honest, this might be the first time I ever talked about it. I remember. Sorry, Leroy. <laughs> yeah, he's in heaven with Jesus. Oh, okay. But, well, but he's, he's partying. Right? No, he. Yeah, he is. He's um. He had moved on by this time. He wasn't the lead pastor. He was like on the board and there was a new pastor who kind of brought the word of faith, you know, kind of to the congregation. So I it was see. kind of a word of faith congregation. Okay. Um, so, so long story short, I was in this small group that was kind of like miracle chasing a little bit. Okay. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. It's like, there's all this hot stuff down there. We're going to bring all the items back and replicate it here, which I have thoughts on that now days. But anyway, I got kind of caught up into it when I was young. Cause I'm like, this is incredible. If this is real. Right. And I had one leader who was amazing. His name's Steve Pleasant. And I know he's still serving Jesus. He's amazing. I and mean, he's the one who really gave me the hunger for the Bible. Hmm. And, um, Steve is very pragmatic, civil engineer, builds bridges, very logical, super smart. Um, he went down there and he had a really awesome experience with the Lord. And that was kind of miraculous. And so his testimony about it was what made me kind of want to believe in it. Now, I wasn't in his small group. I, I was in a different small group. He was my Sunday school teacher. But the small group I was in, they were also sort of caught up in it. And they were doing something called travailing. Are you familiar with the, the colloquial term travailing? Mm -hmm. Paul talks in the Bible that he travailed in the spirit, meaning like it felt like birth pangs uh -huh. to Paul. Yeah. Like he was grieving um, people that he was ministering to that had fallen for lies and were sinning and things like that. Okay. Um, they, the small group would do things called travailing where they would almost like bark like dogs and stuff. And so it got, got kind of weird. And so yeah. my mom heard about some of this stuff and tried to extricate me from the small group. But then it kind of drove a wedge between me and my mom because I'm like, you don't want me to have more Jesus? I don't understand that. She's like, no, I don't want you to have this culture, like this weird culture. And then, of course, I'm like, well, who says it's weird? Blah, blah, blah. Right? Yeah. So for for like six months in the Hunt household, it was like mom and dad against son, and I'm choosing the small group. Really? And yeah. Was it a youth small group? It was, no, it was like a young adult youth small group, but it was sort of deemed that I had the maturity to be in it because of like, I was really hungry for the word at that time. I had a lot of the, the Bible memorized and things like that. And, um, so, so the test, I did like a fleece at home. I'm like, I'm going to do the olive oil thing. Oh, I and see. And that's how I'm going to know. That was your, that and, was your fleece. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I don't know still to this day, like. Could it have worked? Why didn't it work? The cool thing is, as you mature and know Jesus longer, there's no, the love of Jesus is the only fleece that you need, truly, mm -hmm. because you know it like you know your own name. Right. Um, but in that moment in time, it really shook my faith and I started kind of questioning everything. Then, fast forward till I was 21, so between 13 and 21, I really kind of struggled. And I was the worship leader at our church all the way through high school and into early college. I went to George Fox university for my freshman year. I was like the worship leader at George Fox university, like, but still this whole time in the back of my mind, huge crisis of faith. Wow. Don't even know if it's real, but it's all I know. Um, wow. Yeah. Can we just pause there yeah, for, for a sure. second? Because yeah. I mean, that's a lot of time to spend in church mm -hmm. in leadership. Yeah. And there's just all this tension on the inside of you. Yeah. I'm, I know for a fact that a lot of people relate with that. Yeah. It was like seven or eight years. But you would say during that time, like you did believe in Jesus. Yes. You did have faith in God, but 
but at the same time, there was a great I didn't want to ever have the kind of faith that I had when I was 13 because I felt like it was foolish to believe Uh, that hard. I see. Yeah. So you kind of like like got to this place where you looked looked back on yourself (laughs) as a kid and you felt like, oh, I was... That was a foolish kind of faith. Yeah, it was foolish. Um, I got duped with the oil thing. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I landed on for those seven years was like, if it's all a joke, if it's a complete farce, if it's totally made up, at least I will have lived a good life. Because if I follow just the teachings of Jesus, he wants me to love my enemy. He wants me right. to like, I can't imagine a better, like being a better quality human being than if you just followed the teachings of Jesus. Right. That's why I stayed in it. Literally that on, that only reason I, in fact, I used to really love the writings of Paul. Like when I stood, I of course do now again, <laughs> but for a season of time, like, like I would put away like Galatians and, and I, you know, I like Romans, but I would like put away Galatians, like all the stuff that was pretty radical, like yeah. faith stuff. And I'm like, how about we just like get saved? And that's about all I know. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, I do believe that okay. humans are, are corrupted. Yeah. Um, and that our flesh corrupts us as we, you know, participate with it. I could get there. And I did believe that if there was a being that was loving, that the roadmap of salvation, which I don't think anyone could have ever predicted or made up. In fact, we know that the enemy, Satan, couldn't predict it. He played right into it because there's no way to predict what God was doing. But like, it would have really been the only way. You'd have to have someone outside of you save you. So right. I believed those two things. Okay. And then if it was all a joke, I would at least have been a good person. That's why I stayed in church. And then all my friends were there. Literally, yeah. those are the reasons. It was the culture you knew. It was uh-huh. the community That's you knew. it. And that's why a I lot... didn't pray. I didn't. Nothing. I see. So there was no like personal. Yeah. Yeah. Pursuit of God. Mm-hmm. The presence of God. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay. So, so that was 13 to 21. So yeah. Did, what, hap- what happened? Is that where you're at today? <laughs> I'm 21. <laughs> uh, no. Um, so you do have a personal relationship <laughs> with Jesus today, right, Daniel? Yeah. It's an awesome okay, one. So it took so, place. So like 21, we had this group of friends. It was there was three of us in our group of friends and then three of these other guys and two of their parents got married. So they were divorced later in life and they got married. So it brought like our little friend groups, three and three together. And one of the friends from the outside friend group, his name is Andrew and it's my current, my, my current wife, (laughs) my only wife, it's her brother. So I met my wife through this merger of these two friend groups. So anyway, okay. so Andrew is his name and we all kind of became what we called the knuckleheads later in life because we were total idiots. You know, we were all kind of at the same phase. Like all of us grew up in church. None of us were taking it seriously. And we were in the prime of our life, like just graduated high school, going to college. Um, Andrew went to um, USC. I was at George Fox. Then I was at UVA. Anyway, we were kind of in and out of each other's lives and Andrew was the first one he went to a Judah Smith conference uh-huh. and gave his heart back to Jesus. And the Lord told Andrew in prayer that I would be the first one that would like take it seriously again. And that he should, he basically like cut off relationship with us. We were, you know, drinking a lot and stuff like that. And, um, he cut off relationship because he's like, I'm going to just go serve Jesus only. That's all I'm going to do is just serve Jesus. And we're like, eh, okay. I mean, I get it. <laughs> you know, we grew up in it. But like that sucks that Jesus would call you away from our friendship. And, right. we, you know, especially yeah. me, because I know the Bible. I'm like, 
let me tell you why I think that you're wrong in doing this, you yeah. know, and you're kind of falling for it and you're drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit, you know, but, um, so I was the most resistant, but like the Lord told him, I was the first to come around. It was like six months later, I was starting to watch some of the videos and things like that, that Andrew had really changed Andrew's life. And I would, I want to, I would credit it to the message of radical grace, like imagining Jesus as a father that no matter how you fail, it's not like he takes you down to the courthouse, and changes your name and you're not in the family anymore. You can commit things. So like if my son were to commit crimes, there would be earthly consequences and he might go to jail and that would put stone walls and regulations and things like that between us. We couldn't be as close as we would want to be. Yeah. That's what kind of sinned us, but he's still my son. Yeah. And I remember the moment that it clicked that no matter what I did, Jesus would never give up on me. And that's the moment that changed my life forever. I still remember I was listening Where to Lord light the fire again, vineyard. <laughs> Come on. Lord light the fire. Yeah. And you needed that fire oh, lit again. Boy, I did. Cause that fire. I was, was in my apartment. Um, I just got done reading Galatians all the way through again. I'm like, is this, wait a minute, let me go, let me go back through. And I read it six, seven times that night. Then I went through like Thessalonians and I, I just kept, and then I went through Romans and I'm like, is it true that he just is so crazy about me? He won't give up. Hmm. And that I'd never even thought about that kind of love before. Every other love that I'd known, even parental love and my parents love me and they're good parents. It, there's, it's still like, there's no agape like his agape. Yeah. And when I got that, it changed my life forever and I haven't never looked back. I still remember where I was. Wow. Yeah. Where were you? I was in, uh, it was like, uh, Lionsgate apartments in Hillsborough, Oregon, unit two sixteen. the same as my birthday. Lionsgate. Lionsgate. Bro. You know the name? I know. Right. I never thought about that. Yeah. Lionsgate. Aslan waiting for yeah. you at the gate. That's wow. actually, that's dope. Were you listening to a Judas Smith sermon? Uh, no, not at the time. I had listened to a lot you of material. You had listened up to, the... and it brought you to this moment where uh -huh. you started reading. Gal it's yeah. just like it's just like a lot of the other, the you know, mm -hmm. believers from history. Like there was just a moment in your room where something it was, was just me and him. Supernatural happened. And I said, I, I will, I will say this. I know we're almost out of time, but I will say this. I remember. <laughs> it's so super emotional. Still, it's like God, if this is real, and I, I referenced that thirteen-year-old like little miracle moment i'm like i'm not I go, i'm not going to give you little bottles of oil i don't need a physical manifestation you don't need to show up in my room because i think i understand that there's no way to please you without faith and faith doesn't exist when i know like i see you in physical person like you know what i mean like yeah. it's okay that you've chosen to hid yourself a little bit for me so that i have a choice i remember that was a big thing for me understanding that God could show up in everyone's room. And then it's like, you're, he's irresistible in that sense. He's a, he's a trans dimensional being of all power showing up in your room. It's like, do you really have a choice anymore? Like, you know, it's real. You're, you're weakened and on the floor because of his power. It's like, yeah, you're a little tiny ant compared to him. Mm -hmm. And so he can be irresistible. He could be undeniable, but wouldn't that rob us of our choice? Hmm. Like our, our choice would just be a vapor and he needs us to have a real choice in order to have real love relationship with us. Right. And that was also going on. I was realizing that at this time when I was in my 20s, early 20s. And I said, Lord, I'm not going to 
ask for a fleece. I just want you to speak right now to my heart if if this is real, if you will love me no matter what. And I've never felt that kind of like, we would call it biblically Shekinah glory, like a weight of his glory. You felt that. Oh, 100%. Like, that as was if, the same night that you were reading the yeah, Galatians? Yeah, as if someone was not standing on my chest like a heart attack, but like like warm hand pressed on my chest. I remember I just grabbed my, and I laid down on my back. And I was just weeping and laughing and just like, oh my gosh, like it's real. Like it's all real. And then as I would read through Galatians, like it, it's just this new part of your brain lights up because you can see things that you didn't see before. If that makes yeah. sense. Oh, I know you know oh, what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know exactly. From that moment on, it had, of course there's, vicissitudes right in life ups right. and downs no, what a great word buddy. <laughs> it's a great word um uh, thanks td jakes um but since that moment my relationship with jesus has gone like this mm-hmm. ever since then and for those that are listening only that's a upward trajectory. oh that's an upward <laughs> yes <laughs> that's a vacillating upward yeah 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 vacillating. yeah you know because there's moments yeah, where you feel a little further away and there's moments where you're just like man i'm in it i'm so in it you know yeah but since that moment, not one shred of doubt in my mind that it's all real. His promises are yes and amen. He is for me, not against me, and I have access to him. And the longer I'm with him, the more I have access to, and I know how to use the tools. Yeah. Yeah. I know that we, we do have a few more minutes here. I want to take the full amount of time here because yeah. um, you're interesting because Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you are interesting, but <laughs> specifically you are very smart academically. Mm-hmm. You have a good retention. Um, and so you talked about from your, from being a kid, you heard the stories, grew up in church, mm-hmm. just being in, being it so much, you mm-hmm. would know stuff, but you also have studied. So what, what I want to maybe finish this episode with is talk to us about the difference then between, so you, you already knew facts, but, and then you were in a season of Facts were still there, even belief, but, yeah. but struggle, maybe even some jadedness, maybe even some bitterness. And then there was this significant moment, mm-hmm. and you said you've never questioned it since, but it, I would imagine that knowing you, that it something started that day and has continued that was beyond just, okay, now you're reconvinced that all the facts are real. Mm-hmm. Like you said, now I, I've never, now I know it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also transitioned, correct me if I'm wrong, from just believing all these facts again Mm -hmm. or afresh or whatever to a real personal connection with this God. A hundred percent. And so can you just talk to us a little bit about that and what that looks like for you in terms of whether it be prayer or reading or church or family or whatever, but like, because that was also, and we'll hear about my story next episode, but there's just such a difference between yeah. doing church or doing religion yeah. and actually knowing God in relationship. And so yeah. what do you have to say about that? Yeah. So the mechanism that clicked in my mind was I would I would call it understanding God's heart for me. Mm-hmm. And then because I am just like you and just like Dylan, understanding his heart for all of us because yeah. it's we're his kids, right? right. That was the switch, which is why we can all read the same Bible and you'll have religious zealots who persecute people and then people who follow and love and serve Jesus and are marked, like it says in 1 John 4, 8, if you do not have love in your heart, you don't know God, for God is love. Right. Right? Love isn't God. 
God is right, love. It's right, different. Right. And that's why you can read the same material and end up on totally two different tracks. And the 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 thing that gets you from this track of religious zealotism and uh into deep relationship is knowing God's heart for you. Yeah. Yeah. Unraveling the mysteries of his heart makes everything in your heart make sense. And the whole Bible lights up yeah. when you get his heart. Right. That's what changed. It would be the difference between looking through binoculars at the window and knowing everything about a person and going through their trash, you know, like knowing all the facts about a person or living in relationship with them and being welcome in their presence and, and sharing moments with them that you could know all the facts, but without the warmth and the love and the connection, like this is why God at the end in the Bible, it says like, there'll be a moment where God says, depart from me for I didn't know you. And those people are surprised because they know him. Right. It's like, well, they're the peeping toms on the outside looking in. Right. And I'm the son in the home who knows the father yeah. intimately. Yeah. And you are too. And everyone's welcome. That's the beautiful thing. You're all welcome to have that. 100% of us. Wow. So that's the difference. I, can we just do an altar call? <laughs> so good though, <laughs> right? Respond. Yeah. Man, that's good. Yeah. Daniel, thank you for sharing. Oh, man. man I feel like pleasure. I could keep interviewing you for an hour because you have so much in you. But. Mm. Um, that's the time for today. I think that maybe you should just close in a prayer yeah, for, for sure. everybody that's joining, wherever they're joining from. And hey, if this episode spoke to you or any part of it, share it with somebody because the Bible talks about the power of testimony. Yeah. And when you hear somebody's story and it, it speaks to your heart and it's because God wants to do something in you as well. Mm. And so Daniel's going to pray for you and then um, we'll move on. But man, that's yeah. good. Well, if your heart's pounding, this message is for you. Mm -hmm. I remember like if your heart's beating and you feel yeah. drawn to it, like that's the Holy Spirit who's with you 24 seven, 365. And he's just tugging or pulling you toward him. And the, the great news is it's not complicated. It's you respond in your heart and with your mouth. Mm -hmm. So if you just repeat the words after me, they could be my words, but you mean them. And all we're going to do is we're just going to make a commitment and we're going to yield our will mm -hmm. to him so that he can inhabit you and fill you and your life up the way he did for me and for Craig. So if that's you, just take this time to respond and follow me. Jesus, I admit that I can't do it on my own. I also admit that I may not have all the answers, but I declare that all the answers are in you. And knowing everything or owning everything in this world pales in comparison to you. Come into my heart. I yield my will to you. I want to follow you and serve you because I know that you're going to save me. Thank you, Father, for your son, Jesus. And Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice for me. I receive it. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. And that's it. If you said that prayer, reach out to us. There's a couple of steps. Like once, once you're regenerated, once you're saved, once you yield your will and, and, and you say, I want to follow Jesus life and the circumstances might be the same, but you never will be. Mm -hmm. Your next step needs to be to reach out to somebody who's already following Jesus and you'll know them. They're already in your mind right now. You need to reach out to them and say, Hey, I've made a commitment to follow Jesus He's, he's changing my life and I, I want to work with you and get plugged into a local body so you can serve Jesus together. It's what Craig would do. It's what I would do and what we recommend to everybody because that's what the Bible recommends. That's right. 
Amen. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, if if you um, number one, if this episode was meaningful to you, and and number two, especially if you made that commitment, please fill out the form on the thematicpodcast.com. We want to send you some next steps on how to grow, and we want to hear from you, pray for you, and so please reach out to us and let us know at the thematicpodcast.com. And we'll be in contact with some next steps in your faith journey. Daniel, thanks for sharing your story today. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next time.